to the Principles of Success podcast. This is your host, Dr. Shana Henry. This podcast is for current or aspiring female school leaders and those who are supportive of their journeys. Each week, we will hear from passionate educational leaders. I will also share my reflections from over 15 years as a school leader. Together, we will talk about how to level up our schools and our leadership. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Principles of Success podcast. Thank you so much for being here and allowing us to be part of your day. Today, my guest is Principal Anna Aguilar, and we're talking about one of my favorite topics, school turnaround. Principal Aguilar is going to share the systems put in place to create a thriving school. Let's get started. Welcome, Principal Anna Aguilar. Thank you. Thank you. Happy Saturday. Happy Saturday. I am so excited to have you here, especially after all of our scheduling (laughs) challenges this week, but we're here. Absolutely. I'm glad to be here. Yes, I'm so happy to have you here. And we're talking about something I happen to love, which are systems today. So you're a systems girl. So I know this is going to be a fantastic podcast episode. Absolutely. So before we get too deep into it and I get all excited about things, let's just set context for everybody. Can you tell us a little bit about you and how you got to leadership? Absolutely. So um, again, nice to meet everybody. My name is Ana Aguilar. I'm currently an elementary school principal in Houston ISD, the seventh largest school district in the country. So it's a big, it's a big platform for everybody, huge district. So I started out in HISD. I've spent most of my career there. Uh, started out as a first grade teacher. Did that for a little while. Taught elementary school, kindergarten, first grade, second grade, fourth grade. Wow. The only thing I've never done is third and fifth. <laughs> Those are the only two. And then I decided to take a jump and try high school. And I did high school for a little while. I did high school for two years. Loved it. Absolutely loved it. But somehow found myself back in elementary mm-hmm. <laughs> as, a, as an instructional coach uh, for literacy. And so I did that a few more years, moved into an assistant principal role. And um, the principalship honestly kind of found me. I would say that, you know, I've had a lot of people ask, well, did you always want to be a principal, right? Did you, was this kind of a dream of yours? And the answer is absolutely not. (laughs) (laughs) And I would be horrified when people were like, oh, you should be a principal. You'd be great. Um, No, no, that's terrible. It sounds awful. And it just kind of found me, honestly. Mm -hmm. And now I, I say it to everybody, it's, I love it. I love it. It's the, it's my, it's my favorite job. It's the best thing I've ever done. Um, I said, fine, I'll try it for a little while, figuring I'd do it for a couple of years and then see what's next. And um, the reality is that I love it. I really do. Yeah. So I have to ask you about that, that time when you went to high school, because that's not a common <laughs> step most people take. Do you think being elementary and teaching in high school has helped with your leadership? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It just gives you such a different perspective. Um, yeah, it just gives you such a different perspective. You see, you see that end result, right? You see like everything right. we're working from now, like what does it look like at the end? So it, it definitely did. For me, it was about, I wanted to do something different. I was like, okay, yeah. I tried a couple of different things in elementary. I wanted to do something different. It was a little bit of a, of a challenge and just something different. But, but I think it's definitely made me a more well-round, well-rounded leader for sure. Do you think you'll ever be administration at high school? That is something that I think I would love to do. Yes, yes, absolutely. It's 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 on the list of things that I'd like to try eventually. 
Yeah, I think it's it's such a different experience for sure. High school is a whole new world. So that'll be exciting to watch where you go yeah. next. So <laughs> yes. to give us context for this conversation today, can you also tell us a little bit about your school that you're currently leading? Absolutely. Um, so I'm currently at Robinson Elementary, which is a Title I high mobility campus. Um, we're on the east side of Houston, which... Um, Everybody likes to joke when they come to my school that they're in Beaumont or they're in like these other cities because it's so far out from where all the rest of the schools in our city are. We border two other school districts, which brings a load of other complexities because I have to compete with higher teacher salaries in the other districts. Um, I have to compete with better programming in the other districts. So it is. It, it brings on kind of a different set of challenges, just the unique location where we are. We're mostly fed by, we're a, we're a high immigrant community. I do have a lot of newcomers that come into my school from different um, Latin American countries specifically. And again, high mobility, we're housed uh, about 70% by government housing, um, which leads to kind of some of our high mobility campus. So I took over the campus in 2008. 19, I'm sorry, 2019. And uh, the campus had fallen into an F status, which here in Texas, we do an A through F rating. So it's what we call an IR campus. That first year was we were projected to hit a B. So Mm. we did a lot of work. (laughs) We put a lot of systems in place, Mm -hmm. um, did a ton of work, had what I tell my staff all the time is we have the right people in the right places Mm -hmm. doing the right things. Uh, And it's just real simple. And so uh, COVID hit. (laughs) <laughs> and put a little bit of a, of a damper on that. We weren't able to officially hit that B, but um, I chose to celebrate it anyway. Absolutely. Um, because it was the work was there and, uh, and we're continuing to push forward and, and we're mm-hmm. aiming for that this year. That's fantastic. So I want to, I want to go back to when you first get this, this role, this leadership mm-hmm. job, you know, the school is an F. So my goodness, that can be daunting, right? But yes. we have we have go-getters and we say, we're going to take this on. So where do you start? What's the first thing you do? Uh, it, it's a needs assessment, right? It's just mm-hmm. seeing what is needed, what's there, what can I bring to the table? What kind of people do I need in the right places? So I was very fortunate that when I came into the campus, I was able to hire my own leadership team. And, uh, and it was just something that happened organically. The old leadership team all decided to leave on their own. Mm-hmm. And so I had a, a vacancies in my leadership team. So I was able to, so before I started hiring anybody, I came in in ju- early June. So summer school was in full swing. There was uh, probably about a third of the teachers on campus. So I started with those and just started having some one-on-one conversations with people. What do you think, right? What do you think is going on? What, what are some strengths? What are some mm-hmm. weaknesses? What, um, what are some things that you guys firmly believe has worked here? And this right? is current staff that you did this with. And this is with. current staff. Mm-hmm. Yes, this is the staff that was that was there mm-hmm. at the time. And then I, you know, put it out there just in an email with all the rest of the staff that wasn't there for summer school and said I'd love to have some one-on-ones. Mm-hmm. They could be I offered, you know, phone calls. This was this was before we were as techie. We weren't using Zoom and right. <laughs> Google Meets as much. Um so you know, it was like phone calls or come in, we can meet. I met some people over coffee, you know, mm-hmm. off campus because they didn't want to come on campus. The culture was very toxic. Um and so there was some hesitation with people not wanting to be seen in my office. Because mm. they didn't want to be the person who was in there talking to the this new right. principle, right? Um, and so I really just just listened, mm-hmm. just listened. And from there really saw, okay, so what do I need, right? What what does this campus need? Uh, and then tried to be very strategic with my leadership hires 
to fill those needs. Okay, what are my strengths? What am I good at? And then what am I maybe not as, what are some things that aren't my strengths and how can I plug those holes? Mm -hmm. That's fantastic. So you're also trying to establish some trust, I would imagine. I I can only imagine there had been some fractures in in that system before. So how do you even get them to take that first step for the one-to-ones? What are some things you did to build that initial trust? Yeah. So it was really just, I really needed one or two people to take that jump Mm -hmm. (laughs) because then I knew they would talk to the others. Right. You know, you know, teachers talk. That's what they They do. do. Yeah. (laughs) And principals talk. We all talk. Right. Right. So for me, it was, it was just going and knocking, you know, the first ones I made them very informal, knocking on some doors to saying, Hey, you know, I'm here. I'd I'd love Mm -hmm. to pick your brain, you know, for a little bit. So just making it seem like I just really want to listen to you. Mm -hmm. And there was no agenda. You know, I didn't have agenda. I didn't take notes. And it was all very intentional because I wanted it to feel very organic. I wanted people to feel like I was just listening because I was. Um, I would have loved to have taken some notes, but I didn't want it to feel super interviewee, super yeah. formal. You know, I, I asked them what they, you know, again, their thoughts, what they wanted. I realized there was people who were very unhappy in their current spaces but didn't know what else to do mm-hmm. and word got around pretty quick that you know hey she, she seems okay yeah <laughs> she seems okay I think there was still some I'm not quite sure but enough to where okay I'll engage in a conversation mm-hmm. I want to ask about the hiring of your leadership team too because because there was that fractured trust with with staff bringing in the right leaders had to be critical for you. Mm -hmm. So was there anything in particular you were looking for or anything through that process that you might want to share in terms of building your leadership team? So I asked a lot of questions about like their own personal visions because it needed to align. I didn't want anyone to jump on my team and just align to my vision if that's not what they believed in. Mm-hmm. Um, I needed them to jump on, on on board, right? I needed them to align to my vision. But I think that there's so much to say with people who jump onto someone's vision and they don't believe in it right? Because they can't truly be present in the work. This is hard work. And 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 you have to be all in and you have to believe in it. So I asked a lot of like, very more philosophical questions. Um, You know, some about instruction, some about knowledge, but I really tailored a lot to like, what is your belief system? What do you, you know, you needed to believe in these kids, right? We have some challenging students at my campus and you need to wholeheartedly believe that that what can be done across town can be done here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so I needed to, to feel that, to believe it. You know, I, I consider myself a very objective person, but I also follow my gut a ton. And I know there's mm-hmm. no objectivity to that. It's just how things feel sometimes. So yeah. um, my I had two hires um, that first year. I added another person year three. But that first year I had two and I took two really big gambles because I brought people out from the class from classroom positions. They'd never mm-hmm. been in leadership positions before. One kid was coming from out of the district and the other one was actually from that same campus. He was a mm. current teacher at that same campus. And I wasn't too sure how other people even felt about him, but I, I t- it was a gamble. It was a little bit of a gamble, but it felt right. Yeah. And, and, and it has been, they're still with me now. They're both still with me now. And they're both at this point, in my opinion, ready to be principals themselves. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic. So I love everything you've shared because regardless if you have an F rating or an A rating, those are just some good practices to do when you enter a site. You get a good landscape view of everything that's going on. So once you did that, what were your your next steps? 
Yeah, so the next steps to me were what are we going to prioritize, right? We're an F campus. There's a lot of things that need to be done here. Mm-hmm. We can't do them all. <laughs> we can't do them all. I would have loved to have done them all in August, you know, over the summer right. that first year, <laughs> right? But realistically, we couldn't do them all. So what do we prioritize? Mm-hmm. And so looking at, for, for us that year, it was literacy. It was we need good literacy practices. Um, that They weren't there. And so if we're going to prioritize literacy, what does that look like, right? What does it look like? What does it feel like? What does it sound like? How do I know that it's working? And mm-hmm. so we we started with that, you know, and, and just built up from there and, and started building these systems of um, expectations, setting very, very clear expectations. Um, I'm a firm believer in you can't do something if you've never seen it. Mm-hmm. And so I took the lead that first summer during our, you know, pre-service PD of modeling what reading looked like, you know, modeling what um, good instruction looked like, modeling how to create a lesson, how to write objectives, how to backwards plan, all of that, uh, along with my leadership team. But I was very intentional with, I wanted the teachers to hear it from me. Um, My leadership team was strong. They were very capable, but I needed them to hear it from me. I needed them to see that this was a united front Mm -hmm. um, and that I wasn't above going into their classrooms and doing that read aloud with those kids Mm -hmm. and planning out that lesson and modeling what what the expectation was. Um, Here it is, you know, and and some teachers were able to just see it during pre-service and run. Uh, and some weren't. And, and it was, okay, what, what steps do we need to put in place for, for, those, for those staff members who just need a little bit more support? Mm-hmm. I, I love that because when they get to see you, it's, it's a whole other thing because they buy in more, right? Mm-hmm. Because you're, you're doing the work along with them. So let's talk a little bit about that supporting staff piece. So you're modeling for them, you're going in, but also change can be hard. Right. It can, it can be a little off-putting for folks, a little scary. So what systems do you put in place to support them throughout the year, maybe around instruction or some other pieces? Yeah. So I, I have a, a strong coaching mindset. Recently, I was uh, interviewed for something else that we were doing in our district. And what the, one of the questions they said was, you know, what, how would you describe yourself? And I said, I'm a coach at heart. Mm-hmm. I'm a coach at heart. That's the that's the best way for me to describe my leadership style. And so for me, nothing was uh, nothing was too challenging. Nothing was too hard. Nothing was impossible. And not to say that it was easy, right? Because it's not. But it if you go in with that coaching mindset, right? So I went into every single classroom, as terrible as it might have seemed in the moment, with the mind of how can I coach this person? Mm-hmm. How can I improve? How can I develop? And, uh, and I think the key phrase that I would use all the time inadvertently, like this was not, this part was not strategic. I can't say that this was like some big strategy I had. It just kind of happened naturally for me was really just try it. Let's just try it. Right. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work, but let's try mm-hmm. it. I knew it was going to work. <laughs> you know, I was confident enough in, in, in having coached literacy for so many years that, that it was going to work. I know this works, mm-hmm. but with the teachers, I really felt that that it was just, I, I use this just let's try it approach. Let's see what happens, right? Let me do it. Now you do it. Um, if it doesn't work, we'll go back to the drawing board, right? Mm-hmm. Because I did have some people who'd been doing it a certain way for a very long time. And so, and, and, and in their mind, it worked. And, and I did have to have some very crucial conversations with some people and say, okay, let's, let's define effectiveness, right? Let's define it working, mm-hmm. right? Because you can say, well, I've been doing this for 17 years, 20 years, and it worked. Yeah. However, we're an IR campus. Right. So clearly it's not working. 
So let's define excellence. Let's define working. Because if your version of excellence is that a child, you know, I remember I had a teacher that very specifically was like, well, my kids come out of first grade reading. Okay, let's define reading, right? Are they reading at a level J? Are they reading at a level D? Because the expectation is they come out of first grade at a J. D is still reading, right? <laughs> so, mm -hmm. so let's define it. Let's really make it make sense for everybody. So your version of they come out reading is the same as my version of they come out reading and is the same version that those second grade teachers need when those babies go into second grade. And so it was all just about, let's all get on the same page. Mm -hmm. What I realized very early on was that, which I had never experienced at a campus before, um, as many different schools as I've worked in, I'd never experienced a culture of people staying in their lane so much of I do what I, I, I stay in my four walls and mm -hmm. I do I do what I do in here. And it was just like, yes, but how does that impact the rest of the school, right? How does that impact our kids who, who are, it's a transient community, right? So if they leave from here and go across town, yeah. are they going to be at that same level if the expectation is across town, right? Mm -hmm. So just a lot of that, a lot of those kinds of conversations. It sounds like a lot of just calibration around the definitions, making yes. sure everybody was clear on what the outcomes needed to be. Correct. Correct. Yeah, that's yeah. great. Can we talk a little bit about some of the areas, too, on your campus? So I'm imagining parents' community piece probably yes. needed some work, too. Absolutely. So what were some of the, the systems you put in place there? Yeah, so it, there was, a like you said, just a lot of different things. We are a full, I don't think I mentioned this earlier, a full pre-K through fifth grade campus. So we start with three-year-olds. We have pre-K three, and I, that was a program that opened the year that I came in. Um, so we started with a full pre-K three program, full day, um, and we go all the way to fifth grade. So yes, a lot, you know, again, a lot of work with instruction, a lot of work with systems, but just also a lot of work with buy-in with the community. Um, mm -hmm. There was very little buy-in with the community. There was very little trust um, with the community. And this might seem something that doesn't matter to some people, but that school had never had a bilingual principal. And mm. it is a predominantly bilingual community. And that was the, something that honestly I didn't have to work at because for me, it's just who right. I am. Mm -hmm. And that was almost an immediate win for me with our mm -hmm. parents when I did my very first call out and I did it in English and did it in Spanish and it wasn't a robot that translated it, right? Mm -hmm. Like they were already like, oh my God, who is this person? You know, right. I want to meet her. Right. So that was an advantage that I know I, I had going for me that that really had nothing to do with my skill set, had more to do with just who I am as a person. Mm -hmm. Um and then just started started inviting people in. Let's have, you know, we did coffee with the principal once a month in the mornings. What I found real quickly is the parents didn't want to talk to me. <laughs> they didn't want to talk to me. They didn't want to listen to me. Mm. Um, so one of our programs in our district is what we call this, we call it coffee with the principal. And it's a program. It's once a month. We do it for Title One, but uh, very low turnouts. I had very low turnouts. Mm -hmm. And then I we had our very first event where we had the parents doing stuff with the kids, and I expected maybe 20, 50 people. And I didn't have enough chairs. I didn't have enough wow. tables. I didn't have enough materials. I had bought food. There was nowhere close to enough food. I was clearly extremely underprepared because historically I wasn't having big turnouts for things. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, well, shoot, if I invite the kids with the parents, apparently they show up. And so we had to change the whole dynamic of how do we get people in the door? You know, I was mm -hmm. offering all these crazy incentives and stuff and it wasn't working. And, and it was like this light bulb switched and it was like, okay, this is what works. Yeah. And, and we found that the parents, they want to be with their kids. They want to do what's right for their kids. They want to know how to help them. And while I feel like we were offering that in our parent meetings, 
they wanted to do it with their baby sitting there next to them. Mm-hmm. They wanted to do it where they could then practice. And if I said, you're going to do that, you know, we want you to try this at home. They wanted to do it right there in the moment with their babies. Mm-hmm. And it changed the dynamic of how we did things. And it changed the the dynamic of people showing up, you know, and coming in and uh, discipline went down because I could call parents quickly and they'd answer right. and they, and those really, you know, you build those relationships. We stopped dealing with as much as many discipline issues. Mm-hmm. I had less people yelling at me outside in the parking lot during car rider duty <laughs> because now it was just like, okay, like you're okay. Right. Like I see what you do with the kids. You know, I see what you do in these meetings. So it, it, you start building that trust organically. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's a lot, people can see past forced relationships, teachers, parents, Lord, the kids, for sure. Yes. Um, They can see past the forced faith relationship. So it Mm -hmm. has to be genuine. They have to know that you care. And I care. Yeah. So I know people listening are going to want to ask, what types of activities did you do with the parents and the kids? Um, We did a lot of like what I would call make and take. Right. Mm-hmm. So come in, here's some stuff. We're going to make some activities that you can then take home. We give books at every single thing we do. Every single thing we do with parents, they take books home um, because we want to build these home libraries. We want the kids to have the resources at home. We have one-on-ones. We This year was the first time that we tried it where the, we had parent-teacher conferences where the kids led the conferences. So the teachers gave the kids a script mm-hmm. and then they would sit with the parent and, you know, they talked about their grades, about their you know, expectations, what they were supposed to do. So it was, it's a lot of just bringing them in and letting, and cut, a little bit of showing off, right? Let the kids show off what they've done, but also educating the parents and what they can do at home and, and making it very simple. I have a lot of parents who are illiterate, right? Or who don't speak the language. So my kid, my babies are getting instruction in English and they don't speak English. And so we had to get really creative with things they can do at home that they can do, right? Mm-hmm. Without without saying, hey, I know you can't read, so I'm going to give you this, right? Um, right? However, making it to where it's like, hey, this is on the kids, right? This is what the kids need to do. All you need to do is watch, right? Mm-hmm. All you need to do is be there. All you need to do is see, is a paper blank or are they taking notes to the side? And right. so we had to just get creative on how, like presenting that to the parents in a way that is never offensive, Right. Mm -hmm. Is never insulting by any means because that's not the intention, but simplifying it to where it's easy for them, Um, where even if you have five kids, one in every grade level, this is still something you can do. Right. I love it. Okay, so one thing I want to ask about before we kind of wrap up is about culture, too. Mm -hmm. Were there any specific systems you put in place? Because I imagine there had to be some work around that. Yes, I know I've used this word a ton, but making it very organic, making it very Mm -hmm. organic. You know, um, one of the things somebody, I I think it was my secretary, because the secretary that was there stayed there at the campus. She said, oh, well, we used to do what we called Fun Fridays. And so once a month, they had someone, you know, I guess different donors from the community, or they'd ask for donations, whatever, and they'd provide pizza, or they'd provide coffee for whatever it was, right? And I was like, "Mm, I don't know about that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It felt very forced to me. Yeah. Because then you're like, it's the first Friday of the month. Oh, they're doing something because it's the first Friday of the month. You kind of have yeah. to. So I just kind of did things when it felt when I when it felt right, mm-hmm. right. So we'd I I bought this cart and we decorated it, and uh, so we go around randomly with coffee for the yeah. teachers, right? With uh, with bandulce. My teachers love bandulce. Who knows? It's mm-hmm. one of the cheapest things to do, <laughs> and they love it, right? Uh, 
donuts, right? Little things, right? Mm -hmm. Um, We 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 feed people food. Apparently, you know, is the way to most teachers' hearts, as as you know. Um, But to me, it was just it was very organic. And so when we do that with the cart, I play music, we go around in the hallways, you know, it's kind of a big deal. And uh, the kids get even the kids get excited, even though they don't get anything right. This is just for the teachers. But uh, really building that, that organic, Mm -hmm. you know, you you matter, I care. Um, I I see you. Yes. Yeah. And especially like, sometimes it's, you know, I, I've had a couple people ask, how do you decide when to do it? I said, sometimes when it just starts feeling a little heavy. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, we need something. Let me stop by tomorrow morning and pick up donuts and we're going to do this. Right. And sometimes they're just literally whim on the whim decisions mm-hmm. from one day to the next. Sometimes it's that night where I'm like, it just felt heavy today. Let's do mm-hmm. this tomorrow. Uh, and sometimes it's a little more thought out. It's, you know, hey, it's National Kindness Day. You know, right. let's do something for kindness, whatever. You know, I do a weekly staff email, which I know most people do, but I'm very intentional about shout outs, you know, Mm -hmm. making sure and that they're genuine. It's not just, hey, this person got these scores. It's sometimes it's this person was caught having a conversation with a kid in the hallway, a kid who a lot of people don't want to have a conversation with. Right. Mm-hmm. And they were out there spending the time putting in this effort. I had a teacher volunteer to come in on Saturday to trim our bushes because our landscaping was looked terrible. Right. So just little things like that, that knowing that, hey, I see you, I appreciate mm-hmm. you, I value you. Yeah. So it's it's a lot of that. Um, and, and just, again, that that part of being genuine, um, letting mm-hmm. The uh, I, I tell my my assistant principals now all the time. I'm like, oh my god, I've created these monsters because I have this open door policy, but I can't get anything done ever because <laughs> <laughs> it's this constant influx. And I I have my door closed and I have a little sign if I'm in a meeting and they'll peek under the yes. door and I'm like, oh my god, y'all, I have Just a sign. Come in, I know. <laughs> um, but I I love that they feel comfortable enough to do yes. that. Texting, they'll text me on the weekends. They text me good news. They text me bad news. They text mm. me things that they're worried about, things that are heavy on their hearts, and they know that I'm going to answer. And so, those things to me can't be taught. Mm-hmm. Honestly, it comes from the heart. It comes from a place of genuine caring. It, it just comes from from caring, you yeah. know. And I don't know that you mm-hmm. can teach that. It, right. It's just it's just who for me it's who I am as a person. And, and I firmly believe in, in being that way in every aspect of my life. I love it. Okay. If you had to start this journey all again, <laughs> is there anything you would do differently? Oh, goodness. Um, I mean, I surely didn't get everything right, for sure. Mm-hmm. I think I'd slow down a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I am very fast paced, very fast paced. And then I expect everyone else to keep up with me, (laughs) which isn't everybody else's pace. Right. So Mm -hmm. I think it would just be it would just be slowing down a little bit that first year, especially in saying, okay, we can't do it all. Anna, back up. You know, it's today. It's this tomorrow. It's something else. It's it's going to be there next week. Um, I know for me, my first year, I, I worked myself every weekend, pretty much all weekend nonstop. And I think I would slow down a little bit and Mm -hmm. say, it's still going to be there Monday. It's still yeah. going to get done. I'd learned to delegate a little bit better. I think now I've, I've learned to delegate a lot better, but I yeah. wasn't very good at it at the beginning. Um, it was it was really hard to let go of things that were mm-hmm. in my head of what I wanted things to look like. Yeah. Um, so definitely I would I think I would have to learn to trust a little bit sooner. <laughs> right. And let go a little bit sooner, too. 
Mm, great advice. Okay. As we wrap up, we do our fast five. Okay. So these are one word or one sentences responses to these, these quick questions. Okay. Ready? Mm-hmm. All right. So we're going to learn a little bit about you here. Favorite leadership book. Switch by Dan Heath. Favorite app. Twitter. Best Amazon find for work. My paper mate pens. I love them. <laughs> Are they the Ink Joy? Yes, yes, yes. They're the best <laughs> pens in the world. They are. Yes. And I know you can find them in other places, but my first find was on Amazon. Yes, they're the best, really. Yes. Favorite song to put you in a good mood? Uh, anything by Elevation Worship. I love good worship music. And I know we kind of talked about this, but one tip you would tell your first year principal self. Take a break. It's okay to take a break. It's mm-hmm. okay. It's okay to take a break. Yeah. If listeners want to connect with you, how should they do so? Um, so my Twitter is what I use for anything educational. And I'm at Anna, A-N-A-L, Aguilar, A-G-U-I-L-A-R, four. Fantastic. And that's how we connected on yes, Twitter. So yes, yes. I love it. Thank you so much for this conversation today. I can feel your heart and spirit in everything you do. So I appreciate this time. Absolutely. This was fun. Thank you. Thank you. A big thank you to Principal Aguilar for sharing her secret sauce to school turnaround. I can't wait to hear about the future success of her school community. For all our listeners, let's celebrate and support Principal Aguilar's success by sharing out this episode. I appreciate you all and thank you so much for listening. Until next time, this is Dr. Shana Henry with the Principles of Success podcast.